Hi, 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 it's a podcast to magically disappoint your parents. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. Oh, what a day, what a day. Hmm, what is today? Oh, our two-year fucking anniversary. Hey, wah, wah, wah. Well, on April 9th. Yeah. But um, we've been celebrating three seasons of this podcast. WTF. <laughs> Long time. Yeah, that's we're a toddler cool. now. Yeah, yeah, when I I was looking at the anniversary date, we have over like 789 downloads of just the pilot, and I'm just like, wow, <gasps> y'all dabbling um, in the the Bruja baddies uh, fandom. So cool, cool, cool. Um, thank you, all the BBs out there. <laughs> um, and send us money. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> yeah, we'll just use uh, Nicole's uh, Zelle and Venmo. And um, yeah, we got it. So I think that our next um, crowdfunding is going to be get Jean a switch. <laughs> and oh. Because yeah. Jean needs the peace. Hashtag behind the times. <laughs> of having an island. I really think Your it's own so good for you. Yeah. Cool. I really... And pushing this, so all you listeners with deep pockets. <laughs> um, oh, wait, Nicole. Yes? Um, what's your island's name? Oh, my island is called Themyscira. Ooh. Yes. What's your island name, Daniel? I think mine is Kalamansi. Oh, you know, just nerd. Um, Jean, so what would your we... island be? Um, I don't know. See, that's why we got to get Jean, mm-hmm. like, started on this. <laughs> Yeah. If you're a real fan, if you're a real fan, you'll help Jean get a switch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How are you both doing, Nicole? What's what's going on in your world? Oh wow, a real roller coaster of events. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But good and like kind of shitty. So um, the good parts is that like um, I've got a raised um, garden bed in my front yard. My mom helped me put together. you can get, I don't know if they're still at Costco, but uh, you can get like, it's plastic and you could make two four by eight boxes, but we just made one long one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they also had a bunch of soil there. So the front of our yard smells like cow poo poo. Nice. Um, but my mom is really good with plants and she gave me mm-hmm. some rhubarb starts and oh. some onion. Um, and then we bought some strawberries, sweet peppers, Japanese eggplant. We have two types of tomatoes, basil and parsley. And then, um, today she came over and like gave me more aloe plants. <laughs> yes. Bonding. yes. And then like all this, um, I, well, they're fully vaccinated. So they're like, la cuacheros yeah, again. Yeah. Um, Making this community garden post. You know, I'm really trying um, hopefully we don't kill them. Um, <laughs> but so that was like, that's, it's really been really nice to like dabble in that. Um, I didn't get into grad school, but before that, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I was like really, um, I I've had rejection like on the forefront of my mind, mm. uh, because I've been feeling the type of way about, um, like other Filipinos and like Asian Americans. Um, And 
so today's topic is going to be extra funny for funny but I I guess ironic I don't know what to call it but and so um it was a couple weekends ago Jean okay so Jean (laughs) has this group on Facebook I'm not gonna like say the name or whatever but uh so uh, (laughs) I'm a I'm a co-founder don't (laughs) so uh i got a notification about like a live webinar or something mm-hmm. and so i was like let me let me see what this is about and then like i, I really <laughs> could only watch well okay so the the description was like so upsetting <laughs> already because it was about like um like all the violence that's happening towards asian women um mm-hmm. And like a re- like a community response to this, but it was very like gynocentric and right. um, very like I understand like the need to make things like women fronted, mm-hmm. um, it, but it also like really excludes non-binary people and people right. who are mm. who are read as as femmes because we do experience that same violence and parts of that same violence. Um, Anywho, so that was like a big red flag for me. And then just like this, um, I, I don't know if like the intention was to like um, combat the violence with like girl power, like um, Asian women can't be victims. Um, we are warriors. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. Like what's right. this like scary language? Um, and it's like, like that was also another red flag for me because it was it is very much like a uh, victim blamey and along mm-hmm. the lines of like uh, like perpetuating rape culture because it's like oh you can't be a victim because you are a warrior it's like actually like right you can be both like uh you can definitely be like a fierce person and still be victimized like <laughs> I don't I don't understand like this um like you can't like what is this uh like rejection of like victimhood because something's happening to you right um and so i i I don't know like folks need to do some work on that um and then uh i so i like was really upset like i couldn't even like i was trying to wash my dishes you know like i had a whole full sink of dishes and i'm trying to do this but this video like just made me so upset absolutely and sure i went on a little twitter tirade as one does <laughs> um and then i posted a comment on the post of the video and no one's responded so that i like i didn't expect anyone to respond to me but it just kind of shows me where my place is mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm alleged community and it also just kept so i kept thinking about like um how just i struggle so much with other like finding solidarity with other filipinos and other ethnic mm-hmm. asians um and like i like am really trying to not trying to but i like the root of this is is like in my childhood um and uh like now seeing where that comes from uh like I'm also coming to the realization that I don't have to have that. Right. Like, um, and that's not from, like, I'm not saying that like, fuck all Filipinos. Mm -hmm. That's exactly not what I'm saying. I mean, that's why I'm here in conversation with the two of you. That's why like, Mm -hmm. like, so I, we're friends. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think I'm just, I am letting go of 
wanting to be in spaces where like they don't want me there um yeah and and this like uh, this desire to like find other filipinos be like oh yeah cool we're both filipino that doesn't mean that like folks are down right you know like yeah my favorite like one of my favorite black proverbs is all skin folk ain't kinfolk Mm -hmm. and like that saying just resonates so much for me with other um like asian communities or like just with other filipinos because just because we're like we eat the same food and whatever does not mean that we have the same like morals and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that in prepping <laughs> or like yes, in, good in, working, in working through all of that, um, it like getting the rejection from grad school, like I was like, I am bummed about it. Mm-hmm. And um, there is a part of me that there's like a blow to my ego, you know, cause I think that, everyone else thought I was like a shoe in for this program. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay. So I, I know it's not like a rejection of me as like a potential uh, right. professional in this field. Mm-hmm. Um, it just means that I'm not a fit with any of the like faculty there. The I mean, brand, like I didn't the brand of the department. So, right. So I didn't like asked for, feedback on like what my rejection was like could have been my statement could have been how I interviewed could have been like it could have been a lot of things like oh my GPA was this much lower than another person but on paper we're like because there were like double the amount of applicants Mm -hmm. it's like it's a competitive um, Mm -hmm. program right so like I'm not gonna I'm just so tired of trying to fight my way into spaces where they don't want me there or like are not intentional about having me there because how am I supposed to thrive in a program Mm -hmm. where like I'm not supported, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I am kind of like, I don't know what I'm going to do now. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm relieved that I'm not going back to school in the fall because there is a part of me that just did not want to go back. Right. Um, and I, I'm also figuring out that like, I am the happiest when I'm like making things with my hands. Mm-hmm. And so this is like, I'm also like finding that childhood joy of like making things like make like mm. drawing scenes or just, all the little um, like Ikea hacking. Mm-hmm. Like, I find a mm-hmm. lot of joy in that. And if I could somehow turn that into a career, <laughs> I'm fucking set. Right. I, thank you for your transparency and your vulnerability. And I think like this is mm-hmm. a great way of opening up our episode um, because I think that um, not enough people in our community are just open about shit that's just bothering them, right? Like, right. Um, you're right. Um, having a shared ethnicity doesn't honor all the intersections about belief system, um, upbringing, and all that stuff. So I think think you raise a lot of good points. Um, Daniel, how about you? Um, So kind of like similar to Nicole, I feel like this episode was like, is very serendipitous. Um, Because like for the past week, um, honestly, for the past month, it's kind of just been like a a test of like my patience, my... um, my self-respect, my, like, uh, what is it called? Um, my, like, the, my value in, like, in the communities that I'm in. Um, so, like, this week, 
Um, we're having professional development. Um, so we just finished spring break. I'm having like a week of professional development. Um, the first two days of that, like, uh, professional development, I was kind of just like wallowing in my own frustration because, um, kind of like similar to Nicole, like, I feel like I was in a space that like, I wasn't being listened to, or, like, didn't want me there or like, wasn't fitting the brand when like in my, like in my own like space, I'm just like, I am trying to fix some academic gaps that are continuously like shoved under the rug. Right. Um, um, and also like, I ended up like scrapping like my, um, my last unit for like the semester because um, the school hasn't addressed the anti-Asian violence that's happening. Mm-hmm. Oh, and like it, when they did address it, it was very like, not even lukewarm. It's like, just like, meh. Like, mm-hmm. I, I stopped, like, the responsive lesson that we have. Like, I stopped because it's just, like, this is bullshit. Like, I, I don't want to do this. I don't think, like, the students are going to learn from this. So I kind of scrapped, like, my whole unit. Um, and then I just created a whole new anti-Asian violence unit wow. um, for, like, for my students. Um, and then, like, after those two days, um, we had to go to like a retreat at Lake Las Vegas. It's beautiful. It's fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to stay there. And I, I, I had heard some nightmare rooms um, from some coworkers. So I was like, you know, I'm so glad that I have my own apartment just like, close by. So then that way I could just drive there, drive home, cuddle up with my boyfriend, mm-hmm. um, cuddle up with my cat, and make my own food <laughs> that I love. <Yep. laughs> um, but yeah, so those last three days, we had like PD at Lake Las Vegas. Um, I was part of like the DEI group. Um, for those who don't know what DEI means, it's diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, mm. We had like a really vulnerable conversation um, where we talked about like the concerns that we have at our school about DEI. And I was able to voice my concerns. A lot of like the other teachers voiced their concerns about um, how DEI is not really like there at our school. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was like, it was like harrowing one side and then the other side is very uplifting to hear that like I'm not the only one that has these like concerns about like Mm -hmm. my school um on the last day that was today um we had um like stakeholders um we had board members we had alumni at the school and I asked them and like I'm sure everyone in like the Bruja baddies like world knows that like I want to be a librarian like that's my goal because you know like we need Filipinos in libraries um so I brought it up and I asked like how crucial are libraries in our education and like clarified it and I said how crucial is it to have a librarian at the school because our school right now has a room of books that are not being used and like the libraries was in a sense just like not operating um um, and I got a lot of support from teachers, um, from alumni, and even the board members. Um, and with all that being said, like, after months of, like, professional agony and advocacy for, like, myself, um, the students and the library, um, I get a message from my principal saying that they can make something work. It's still a little vague. You're um, right. And it's not, like, an ideal, like, suggestion, but at least, like, Finally, they listened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good step. But now I just need to like punch through the wall. I guess that's what I need to do now. Right. Um, any and anyone who's listening, our listeners, if you have 
um, any data or statistics or if you're local and you can help this cause with Daniel, um, shoot us a DM or reach us at Bruno oh, yes, at Gmail. You know, um, we're all about um, accessibility um, for, for the kids, for everyone, you know. Um, oh, wait, Jean, can I also um, yes, go ahead. add on to that a little bit? Um, also, um, what one of my goals is for the school is to change the perspective that like quantitative data is like the best type of data because testimonials and like what we feel and like what we've experienced is also data and I want to bring that to my school to, sh to share that yes. like like stories and our experiences are also data like we're not numbers we are people um, so if you have any insight on that for listeners um, just share with us please thank you please 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 do so you know um, this is, I, I'm just so proud to, to be, always be on this recording with the two of you because um, leadership comes in all sizes. And my check-in is real simple, but I am pretty proud of it. So I'm currently getting accustomed to being socially awkward. Um, I know I wear the extrovert hat all the time, but I'm really liking this new skin. I know it's been a year um, being not being in person. So, but I think after a year, I have finally learned not to... Um, like fake performative small talk. And so like also I've been doing um, tons of illustration um, work and workshops, but um, it was, it was, a, I was in a rut, man, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, so I am thankful for the author that I'm working with currently. Um, she's great. She's from Texas um, and just motivating me on the work that we do. I want to tell everyone I do what it is, but I signed a non-disclosure agreement. So when it comes out, it comes out, you know, um, but that's me, you know, and hopefully that library book will be in a library. <laughs> um, wow, we're like, like manifesting this. Yes, yes. we are. Okay. Um, um, the, the first book that I'm going to have at, at uh, my school's library will be your book. Ah! And, and, wow. And Nicole's, and Nicole's jeans. <gasps> Ooh. Wow, pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Nicole builds the shelves, makeshift shelves from... I've, I've got a level. I've got a level. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Daniel, this is a hefty topic today. Uh, will you let our audience know what we're doing? We're yeah, talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So leadership, wink, wink, um, is a sensitive topic in our Philippine X community. And the reasons for this are layered, like, like something, something, like hella layered. Um, <laughs> Being part of a, a diaspora community and histories of dictatorship, there can be clashing definitions of what leadership, community, progress, and legacy mean. Sometimes our best intentions to come together operate in mechanisms to drive us up. Uh, wait, what? Sometimes our best intentions to come together um, operate in mechanisms that drive us apart. Join us today on Buha Baddies as we reminisce about our interactions within cultures when it comes to Philippinex leadership. We'll talk about leadership. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we're gonna break this down to like three, like the three layers that we have. The first one is personal, second is social, and the third one is public. Um, let's start off with personal leadership values. Um, the first question is, did your parents ever encourage you to be a leader? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, Really, I kind of struggle with that because 
uh, my parents have always like encouraged me to be like the best in whatever I want to get into. Um, and they're very like, they celebrate like whatever accomplishments I, I Aww. get, but they don't, mm-hmm. they, I can't remember a time that they're, they're like, uh, Anak, I really want you to, uh, to become a student council leader. Like, I don't think <laughs> ever said anything like that. Like, I think because they both are not like, um, they're not explicitly leaders, mm-hmm. um, but they're like under the radar, radar type people. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, I think a lot of uh, that generation is under the radar um, mm-hmm. type of people. Um, for me, my parents never pushed me to be a leader. Um, they thought it was cool and cute. Like when I became class president, in, like the fifth grade, but after that they were like, <laughs> <laughs> they were like, Oh, that's nice. Then I got like hungry for power after that. And so they were like, this is, this is making us very indifferent to it because it's just like additional work picking my ass up um, for all these things. So I get it now as an adult. Um, but yeah, they were like, stand down, <laughs> please. Daniel, what about you? Um, I resonate with what Nicole said. Uh, my parents also never really pushed me to be, become a leader, but to be also like the best that I can be at like anything that I'm doing. Um, and also I've never put myself in a leadership position because, um, or like, like when I was young, I never put myself in a leadership position because I was scared um, because of the responsibility that like a mm. leader has. Um, that ended up slapping me back in the face as an adult because the responsibility as like a, a queer brown person ended up being amplified as the follower of group member because mm. like nowadays, um, you know, like leaders, kind of tell their minions to do everything yeah it's true and I'm like mm, I don't know about that I'm getting a lot of like um queer fandom <laughs> fucking triggers right here <laughs> flashbacks oh no okay we'll work through it together trend lightly um second question do you find yourself volunteering for leadership positions or people assigning them to you So for me, it's both. And my answer is super layered. Uh, When I was young and getting into groups, I like go a hundred. Like I can't just be like, hey, I'm just here to hang out. Like I just like, just dive deep the fuck in, you know? And so, um, and you know, I just, I just love like doing things, right? Like, I mean, um, so every time I'm in a group, I'm like really competent and really dedicated, you know, and then people just grew me to be a leader because I'm, I'm going a hundred. And then when I try to like sidestep out of like running for positions, folks would like guilt me. And I emphasis on guilt by saying the organization would fold without me. But, you know, looking back at this now, it's really an unhealthy way to like guilt um, any individual um, into service, but that's definitely my experience. That's fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, so very Virgo. <laughs> so like, take uh, take the lead. Um, you know, <laughs> I was so I'm thinking recently. I I tried to get these white queers and white adjacent queers to like start a a group um, reading uh, Layla Syed's Me and White Supremacy, and it's like there's a wor- a workbook involved with that. Um, and I definitely, like, after the second half, like, like, at the beginning of the second half, I just, like, peaced out, did a little mm-hmm. Irish goodbye. <laughs> um, because, like, I, ugh, I don't know why I 
like I pressured myself to like start this. Um, I think because I, I'm like one of their biggest critics of like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'm fucking racist. Okay, <laughs> so then let's do this work together. Um, let me try to hold you accountable. But like, I had these really unspoken and unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. of what like what would happen. And but I mean, I will say that like, even though there were like a few really surface level um like epiphanies that were happening um there were i did notice some folks in there that were really like digging deep and like um really reassessing how they enact white supremacy as queer folks um that's cool and so like that was really cool to see i'm also at the realization that like i like i don't have to be there when, like during those initial steps mm. of critical consciousness um because honestly like I just don't, I don't have it in me. I don't have that compassionate part in me to like hold people's hands through this. Right. Like, oh, the way that you feel about um, black people's hair is actually really fucking racist. Like I, I don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the greatest gift that I could give them is the gift of my absence while they, <laughs> while they uh, go through this growth process. Um, so, that's really clever. And so, like, I, I will say that that's probably the last time that I, like, tried to lead something. Um, mm. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm, I mean, like, I'll do that kind of work if it's, like, paid. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. But, and if it's not, like, and if it's something that I'm doing amongst friends or whatever, like, I will do that work if I know that the intention is there to actually, like, decolonize Mm-hmm. and shit like if it's just fake i don't want to be there and you can tell it's fake now you have that radar <laughs> for sure yeah, my, my bullshit meter <laughs> um daniel what about you um so during one of our uh pd sessions um we had a conversation about how brown black and other marginalized folks are assigned into the like are assigned um into or like not necessarily assigned, like the leadership would be like, well, do you want to volunteer to do this? Mm-hmm. Well, in a sense, they're assigning us to do this. So like quasi leadership positions. Oh, but like at the being voluntold. Yes. Mm-hmm. Being voluntold. Like it's our ideas and we have to like make it come into fruition without any support. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of just like, here you go. Go ahead. Do what you got to do. Um, and like being assigned into those quasi leadership positions, um, we are at the expense of like those marginalized folks. Um, and those who assigned it to us do not properly compensate us, but they get the credit for it. Like the leaders get the credit for it, which is like, this is kind of like, again, like the disparity there doesn't make any sense. It's a little um, inequitable. It's not inclusive whatsoever. And they're also kind of just like, I don't know, kind of uh, capitalizing on like our labor. Um, mm-hmm. And that didn't, uh, labor and trauma, that didn't really sit well with me at all. Um, for, uh, for me at least, like leaders are supposed to provide and clear the pathways um, rather than like being the obstacle. Mm. Um, like I had the ideas, I have like the research and I go to the leader for more guidance and then they just give me bull. So I'm kind of just like, so is it really worth it for me to do the labor when I'm not getting the support, I'm not getting compensated, and also, like, I'm exhausted? Wow, um, y'all. Like, I, 
I, I mean, I know we're only two questions in, but there's so many gems um, spoken through tonight. I hope people um, really process this um, in this relatable, relatable conversation. Um, so my next question is, what kind of a leader are you and why? Mm -hmm. um, I, I could start this one. Um, mm -hmm. I think I'm more of like a, I guess it's like a hybrid of like, leader but also like the person that is being the the, uh, the people that are being led i'm more of like a team player listener type of a leader um like i'm like that like the board to bounce ideas off of or like a conduit for um you know like progress i guess um leaders are supposed to get down and dirty mm -hmm. to do the work with their people rather than like delegating and letting minions do everything absolutely um and like the conversations we had in pd uh, or just like conversations in general as me being like the listener type of a leader um i try to practice like mutual active listening and like action creation because i expect things to happen not just pay lip service like mm. words like you can say words you could put it on a flyer you could put it on like a uh like a document saying like oh this is going to happen but like i'm only gonna believe it when it does actually like happen when i see it with my own eyes and I see like the actual like results happening. Um, I also, in those conversations, I also make sure that our goals, like regardless of however like different they are, um, we find like a common purpose. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a long time to realize that. Um, and that the, this type of leadership is very um, like really productive. Um, it's tiring mm -hmm. um, because we have to keep fighting for like, for shit and restructuring. <laughs> maybe eradicating maybe re-envisioning the system especially right. if the system works against us um but once it happens when it does like it feels great but the fight still continues wow i and mean I yeah i just had to take a deep breath for that because um i can already feel tired with the work that you put into um being fair and um accommodating you? <laughs> i'm just like sorry Dude, i just is fucking shook right now i am shook <laughs> this I is like shook. a lot of your um i would say what is it like your your 20s yes my 20s i mean i'm kind of still in the leadership industry now um with what leadership i do industry <laughs> with what i do on campus but um for me, um, the type of leader I am, I, I like go through seasons of leadership. Um, you know, I was a pushover. I had a savior complex. I had a, a season of vengeful retribution. Um, I had a season of being a community ally on the side. And currently I'm a lone reluctant activist, you know? Um, I don't really, I mean, even though I'm like all for initiatives, I don't really like to be going to, like you know just like annual meetings or like you know um if the work needs to be done you know let's talk but if we're gonna like frou-frou around on an agenda and not move items i don't want to be there um and so i think right now um in the lone part this season i am really learning um to be a leader and um and letting the residue of the past seasons you know um that have burned me out like like how that really comes together in a full picture for me. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just in this um, season of the lone reluctant activist. So, and I'm okay with it. You know, the pandemic has let me get into this new skin. So that's me. What about you, Nicole? Um, I can't believe that you are in a season of um, like working through burnout. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a true. And like I say this jokingly, but like, <laughs> like I, you know, pre-pandemic, I see like all the things that all the the things that you get into, like mm-hmm. not just on campus, but like civic things, and like it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then I'm thinking about like when folks uh, take advantage of like your networks and like your labor, like you don't want to be there after that. Right. Absolutely. Wow. Gina's saying goodbye. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm the leader of shit talking. Um, I don't think I'm a leader at all, to be honest. Um, I, and if I am one, I'm not a very good one because I don't like hierarchy. <laughs> like, I don't like telling people what to do, um, I guess. But so um, in my day job, I usually have like new hires trained underneath me, which I think is like <laughs> a very good thing or could be a very bad thing. Um, because like, if, if it's task oriented, like I'm really good at giving direction at like, okay, this is how we um, accept new shipments. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the best way to do this. And th- this is how you dress a mannequin. And this is the most effective way to steam a shirt. Like, you know, like stuff like that I'm very good at. But if it's like, um, I'm not going to teach someone how to like, oh, if there's nothing left to do, you should do this. Like, I'm not going to like teach people how to... Uh, like continue being a cog <laughs> right. or, or I'm, I'm not gonna teach people how to have a work ethic I guess a, a, a work ethic under capitalism like that's mm-hmm. I'm no that's that's like babysitting I think <laughs> um anyway I so I I hate leadership <laughs> um I hate I hate this episode um and um think in thinking about like I don't know, like, because I always think about, like, I like to work with people, not necessarily, like, under people, um, and uh, so, like, I think about, like, this podcast, and I think about Cozy, and I think about, like, my core group of friends, and and I think about my partner, and we're, like, like, we work together. Mm-hmm. We don't work like underneath each other or like we don't have okay for sure like Jean is like the friend the Virgo friend who will like (laughs) get the thing going but like I think because we are friends we don't like I I don't know I don't at least I hope I don't like manipulate you into doing more work no yeah I get it there's even distribution of energy and power you know Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 okay so even in this like thing that we're supposed to be working at and I just I have to laugh because Daniel was like when I see it happen that's when I know and I'm like supposed to be doing something but definitely haven't done it this on our to-do <laughs> list for this proposal <laughs> but I like Jean was like okay I'm gonna do my part I haven't cleaned it up and I'm like bitch you don't have anything left to do like <laughs> that's why I think Jean needs a switch because it yes. will help Jean unwind. Wait, also, Nicole, I hope that you don't think that, like, like I'm ungracious. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But it's, like, I, because I am definitely, and I'll, I'll own it, that I'm a little flaky. Like, um, and, and I know 
you were like, I need an accountability partner for a uh, grad school. <laughs> and I'm like, but Daniel, I secretly don't want you to go to grad school. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, just tell me your due dates and I'll <laughs> look at them. I haven't even looked at applications yet because that's not. Listen, you're, you're running a DEI company. Yes. It, at a charter school. And yes, it's on the page. So, like, I fucking get it. Um, <laughs> Any who's it? Moving on <laughs> to social leadership values. Um, this question is for Jean, our Virgo. <laughs> um, just kidding, it's for everyone. <laughs> Do you ever join something, then find yourself steering it? What uh, is it about control? <laughs> Dean Munson? I'm just uh, yeah, unfortunately, and I say unfortunately because I think people knew how to turn my passion into their vision by creating a workhorse out of me. So, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, very nice. So, I think that <laughs> folks like definitely take advantage of that. Yeah. I, yeah. but I do, I've seen you like say no. Yes, and it has been very, very, very nice. Danielle. Um, yes. Uh, for me, I would say also yes. Um, and kind of like what uh, Jean said too, like um, for me, vision is important, but it's not like everything. Like action is definitely like more my style. Um, I've joined groups and like I've assigned myself, like I've volunteered myself um, into like a leadership role, but then like that group kind of just like didn't go anywhere. Mm. Um, so then like if the group's that like I join are only saying things like lip service again and like not doing things like I exit the shit out of there mm-hmm. like I can't like I can't like and I oh and this is like terrible I cut <laughs> contact it's bad <laughs> I'm Let's just like, good at that though oh that's fair mm-hmm. like that's I don't like want to be boundaries like yeah I don't want to be associated with this anymore I mean like I was on their website and I was just like okay great like I'm a founding member but like please do know that I'm still continuing this work that they weren't doing. <laughs> oh Wait a minute. I, I'm going to have to ask you off the record what you're talking about. Yes. Because yes. I think I know what you're talking about. Me too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So I um, don't really join shit. <laughs> <laughs> Unless, I don't know, like, and honestly, like, I, I just keep thinking about, like, fandom and how, how I got into that mess. Um, mm. uh, but out of that mess, um, I was able to find folks who like, I do want to work with. And so, um, like once again, once I, I, once I know folks is like intentions, like on the bachelor, if you're here for the right reasons, <laughs> like I'm going to recognize that I'm going to give you a rose. And those are the people who I want to work with. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess I'm social. I don't know. Social. <laughs> so, along those lines, do you ever dive into leadership that intentionally drives Asian Am or Philippinex initiatives? Danielle. Um, I want to say, like, a million times yes. But again, like, I focus on, like, proactive upstream type of initiatives rather than, like, reactive downstream stuff. Like, if we're already drowning, like, I better have, ha- like, I don't want you to throw the life preserver at me when I'm already drowning. I want that life preserver, like, before I get in the water. Mm. Um, there's, like, several initiatives that sound, like, fantastic, 
only to realize that it's literally a fantasy. Like everything is just like fluff, fluffed up for representation for the sake of visibility rather mm-hmm. than like equity and justice. Um, but yeah, like I need action that will sustain, have a legacy, like have long-term impact, not just like, oh, we fixed some, we put something on Instagram, hooray. I we used enough a hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, that, that's really... That's a good damn point. People take notes. Yeah, like action over um, visibility. Um, For me, yes and no for the, you know, (laughs) intentionally driving those initiatives um, because there was a time during my reign in UNLV FASA that would, I would, I would try to do like cultural skits and like, I hope to infuse like my storytelling with like historical issues and like probably for two or three semesters, people were down to do my play and it was super fun. But um. But, you know, after a while, they're just like, shut up, Gene, with your, <laughs> with your, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and then so, you know, I've turned that energy, my, when I was using it for Asian M initiatives, I turned that energy into like the comics activism that I do. And I, I use that energy to make other creatives like, you know, encourage to do work or do their own work. And so um, it's tough because you know, I always find myself once and again being tokenized in a group <laughs> because I care about those initiatives, but at the same time, like, I'm, am I also just a quota to y'all? I don't know. You are the model minority. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, did you want to say something? Yeah, I just have a question um, for those that, like, are not informed, because I don't know what UNLV FASA is. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it is University of Nevada, Las Vegas, Filipino American Student Association. Uh, is it also like at the high school level um there what it's a different name at the high school level and then it's like nationwide right yes yes not that that means funds for them (laughs) (laughs) that's a different conversation what about you nicole uh okay so i think like i did join a couple buying club in the seventh grade oh (laughs) And like that was cool. Like, um, and I was the like uh, I was the only one that had experience dancing to Nickling. Oh, um, it was like a it was like a cool get together. But I I don't think that I don't know if I joined it in the eighth grade. And then I it definitely was not at my high school. Um, but you know there were a lot of other factors that informed. Um, who I did and didn't hang out with. Um, and so as an adult, like, it's very complicated for me to, like, go into these, um, to go into, like, ethnic Asian spaces that, like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I never know what I'm going to expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like, Dominic Toretto, try to live my life a quarter mile at a time. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, just trying not to have expectations and just hang out. I basically just want to like hang out with folks who are into healing work and animal crossing and um, decolonizing and burning shit down. That's pretty much it. Hey, um, those are all good things. <laughs> have you experienced leadership in a negative way? <laughs> um, let me answer my own question uh, there. Um, since I don't really have much um, experience with like 
Philam mobilization besides the times that Jean asks me to accompany her to things <laughs> are not, uh, which are not um, accessible unless you are already in those civic mm-hmm. uh, like circles. Mm-hmm. So if you don't already know these people, you don't know that these civic engagements are happening. Just right. say ying. Mm-hmm. Um, Any who's it? I just think about uh, queer fandom. And like just core fandom groups and like convention spaces where leadership and like executive directors um, may stumble, um, <laughs> but very much take on the uh, like white victimhood role. And so um, I've had about enough of trying to coddle white and white adjacent. Um, Fair enough. Virtuality. You know. um, Similar to Nicole, um, I also haven't um, gone into like SOLAM organizations because I'm, I mean, like hearing from you both, um, I'm wary about how their vision and visibility aligns with like action and justice. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can only talk about like my experience as a, a high school English teacher. Um, I think leadership should be responsive to like advocacy and should also adopt or really consider what is being advocated about. Um, At my school, um, I feel like the school leadership has heard like what we've said, like when we raise concerns, but like we're definitely like not being listened to. Um, But I mean, like right now, it's like definitely getting lots better. Like they're making small steps, but steps Mm -hmm. regardless to make it right. Um, The not listening part, I think is what breaks most advocates right um because like I mean it goes in through one ear and out the other like that doesn't like that doesn't make advocates feel good that doesn't make who we're advocating for feel good Mm -hmm. um uh but when the situation is right and there's an audience there to support you and the people that need to listen are required to listen take advantage of it right (laughs) which I did (laughs) um (laughs) make your voice be listened to and make your passion be seen and spread to others. Um, it may go your direction. Um, and again, like may go your direction. Um, I think it's so important to like keep fighting against mm-hmm. like the negative leadership um, because the fight will never be over. Yeah. Yeah. Um, negative leadership. Uh, let me count the ways. Want, yes. I'm saying if, if y'all want Dean's super notes, it have to be like a Patreon thing. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I can write like, a novel. I keep thinking that like the worst people to piss off and to do wrong are historians and yes. especially oral historians. Absolutely. Because they know mm-hmm. how to ask all the right questions and get the juicy shit. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, for, for sure. Like this question is heavy for me and we could be here all night on it, but um you know the circle you know nicole's right those social circles yeah if you're in them then you have access to them if you're not they make they make decisions for you in our city um and representation about you without your your consent or your input or they make assumptions about our own people um but i think one of the most vivid memories out of a million shit times uh, was when i was helping uh mediate a philam youth group that was under a strong hold of um Filipino elders in our community who who wanted them to do their own bidding. Um, well, okay, which is, so what do you what do you mean by bidding? 
Oh, so they, they wanted these um, students to attend all their events, be their volunteers, just free labor, really, right, for the sake of community. Bye. Um, so during that situation, um, the elders tried to recruit me for their own leadership when I, when I sp explicitly said I'm here to mediate. Um, so I declined them because of my own past um, exploitation under, you know, when I was their age or younger um, as a peer of the youth. <clears throat> so anyway, I tried to have another follow-up meetup because it was very fruitful, like there was good dialogue between both generations. And one of the coordinators spread word that I was a corrupt an exploitive individual and to never speak to me again um, because I think they did sense that I wasn't one an effective mediator and two just a liberating person you know um, so wild it is wild I, I mean there there are screenshots of that text those text messages oh my god um, that weren't that uh, weren't even directed to me but about me um, so once a really good zine yeah it would I, I should La good <laughs> Um, so one student stood up for me and they drove him to tears because they were convinced mm. I was evil. Um, I mean, unfortunately, you know, I'm used to demonization in my community. Uh, I think the real sad part is that the effective ways of bullying that were transferable between these generations, um, young and old, to push um, a Filipino community. <laughs> mm. um, so yeah, that's that's that, and that's a, a decent segue to talk about public leadership. Um, you know, we're talking about the negative, but you know, there, you know, we can also talk about the other side of um, who has been the best example of leadership to you within our community here um, in Las Vegas, and why. Um, okay, so I we've we've um, indirectly shit on a good amount of people, <laughs> um, and I think that, and and this is not to say that like. I'm, I can do better than them because like, I don't, I don't want to do that job. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't want to do what they're doing. Um, so I know that there are folks out here who are definitely doing some radical shit. Like, um, the folks that do the, um, food, was it food, not bombs, Las mm -hmm, Vegas mm -hmm. and the community fridges. Like there's a lot of like, um, mm. I think there are like a, a few uh, Filipinos that are like involved in that, which is like hella cool because I don't know. It's just like the whole in, in you know, how we talk to our parents about um, like uh, politics or uh, what's the word? Uh, oh boy. What is the word? Like protesting how it's mm -hmm. like they're, they're like, it's a, also a very layered and con contemptuous conversation mm -hmm. that like um I don't know there are like there are people that are doing like really good radical shit that's not steeped in like ego mm -hmm. or capitalism it's like actually helping people who are who don't have anything or who, or who are the most marginalized um to not play like oppression olympics mm -hmm. um so like shout out to those folks um I also find that like the best leaders are the ones who aren't who don't self-identify as leaders like right. they just kind of are leaders um, and so i think about a lot of our um like mentors um in higher ed who, who like are very cognizant of the kind of power that they hold in this institution and are like they know how to leverage their power in ways to like really advocate for students and i'm very thankful for them mm -hmm. um 
And then there are people that like don't, that aren't really like, they're leaders in their own way. Like uh, I think about Des mm-hmm. and how like just watching them in their own journey uh, is very inspirational and I can see the effects like with folks who they're in conversation with and just there's this ripple effect of um, like self-healing and non-toxic communication. And um, I like those are leaders and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just folks that don't have egos. Yeah. Fair enough. Daniel. Um, so speaking of folks with no egos, um, I'm going to be corny. I'd like to shout out my co- <laughs> co-hosts, Jean, Nicole, and Rose. Um, oh, just well kidding. My- I have a huge ego. <laughs> <laughs> um, as well as my uh, professor mentor, um, just unofficial. Um, I just feel in my heart and soul that he's my professor, uh, my like professor mentor, Dr. Constante Arnaldo. Uh, oh, um, for being such wonderful role models for me. I mean, coming from Alaska, uh, and like, I, I mean, I, I'm even going to say this, like coming from Alaska, being like a whitewashed Filipino um, mm-hmm. and then moving to Las Vegas. And I was just like, oh, shit, I have no idea what being Filipino means or like being mm-hmm. Filipino in academia. Um, so I can never thank Constancio enough for connected, connecting me with you all because like I'm learning, I'm taking it in, I'm learning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm still like, it's, it's going to be a never ending thing for me um i also like to keep a uh, keep a shout out to um to have like to shout out um jason sarmiento Mm -hmm. he is my like my supervisor for uh the intern um internship for bulosan um he's the current archivist uh, for the bulosan center and he's been really supportive of me um going into like the library field um he's connected me with like librarians um, I actually have one, I have a meeting set up with like uh, an archivist somewhere else. I, and I believe that they're a queer archivist. And I'm ooh. like, and uh, ooh, okay. Um, so um, thank you all. Yes, thank you. Um, I like to give a few shout outs in our community. Um, I, I really love Tasha Makarek. She's um, a longtime activist in our, you know, in Las Vegas and a peer who's exploring currently and journaling um, her personal journey with burnout and um, finding pleasure. Um, I think, uh, I think, uh, yeah, she's read some of the books that you've read, um, Nicole, and she, you know, finding pleasure. And I think that any, any of our listeners should just pay attention to her. She's just really doing just wonderful inner work. And then I also want to shout out Vilma Gore, long-term mentor friend, um, long-time activist behind the scenes in our history here in the Valley for um, Phil Lambs, Phil Hinex. Um, and I also want to shout out Dr. Francisco Stai. We just became friends like two weeks ago, but he literally comes out of retirement just to continue participation and dialogue about issues within our community. Um, even though his concentration is public health, um, he like loves and wants to do more. And I think energy at that age, wow. Um, and so, and last but not least, Jan Santos, I just, he just gives me very inclusive vibes and it's like- Yes, my cool you know, Right, and he's like truly in it for all of us out here. He's very transparent and very like, just a, a good person. So um, those are my yearbook superlative nominees. <laughs> Who has been the worst example of leadership to you within our community and why? And we're gonna stand the why part more than like the who part of it, um, Daniel? Um, so I'm going to talk about like in the education sector. Um, I can't really think of like worst leadership because again, like there's 
they have hoops to jump through and boxes to check. Um, I would say not worst leadership. I would say like mismanaged or squandered or disoriented. Mm, okay. Um, because like in the industry I, I'm in, I know that leaders are navigating through, I mean, like bottom line is like fif- the fiscal part of like the organizations. Like right. for like schools to be funded, we have to deliver some kind of data that shows that it works, right? Um, mm-hmm. But with that being said, there's money for schools and education, but we also know how undercompensated teachers are for all the work that like we do. On top of that, um, teachers of color in an already underserved community are, you know, like are still undercompensated. So I think, um, but yeah, I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna stick with like mismanaged, squandered, disoriented, and mm-hmm. I'm also just like leaving space for hope that like things are going to get better um, in the long run. Right. That's uh, that's my that's my take on this question. Nicole, okay. what about you? Um, yeah, I really like Jean that you um were explicit about like the the what and not the who. I definitely uh remembered this in my last therapy session about like focusing on the harm being done rather than folks the people who do the harm. Right. So thank you for uh, pointing that out. Um, I uh, just do not, uh, hmm, how do I say this? Uh, I am least willing to take leadership from folks who uh, use toxic communication styles. So like a lot of um, like paternalism in language um, and like ageism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely do not want to be in a community with folks who are willing, who are unwilling to be uh, held accountable for like the harm mm. that they do. And then, or, and, or who just won't flat out take accountability for harm that is done. Um, just like that refusal to admit that they've done harm. Like I don't, um, I think that's like the worst thing you could do as a community leader. Right. Um, for me, I, so thinking about the why again and examples of um, bad leadership, sometimes, you know, I think being a leader is definitely a tough job, but I also think like sometimes if you're in it too long, you begin to lose the reasons why you entered leadership in the first place. Does it begin to change from actual change to just clout? Um, to hold on to power. And so um, I think a poor example of leadership is not learning to have others lead as well um, in that transferable skill set. And yeah, I think that's really to me at the core of many things um, is to um, have the legacy of other people, you know, um, without giving them into that um, role. So um, my last question in this category of public leadership, how can you participate in an effective way without falling trapped in passion fatigue? Oh, I'll answer my own question. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> you know, like my seasons of leadership, I've learned about the most season of all um, to them in, this, in the seasoned 
categories is that it's the season to disappear, right? And then Nicole touched upon, you know, that absence is also a gift. You know, sometimes you have to be okay with passing on power, like I said in my last point, um, in order for movements to continue to exist. It may not always function or look like um, our leadership during our term, but at the same time, killing ourselves for the sake of service is not a sustainable practice. And so every now and then, um, disappearing has given me a chance to recharge, reflect, reset my intentions of why I love being a leader and why I love just seeing other leaders. Um, so that removes the bad aftertaste of just being burnt out or exploited um, during those terms, you know. Um, so yeah, how about you, Nicole? Um, I also want to echo those sentiments um, of like recognizing when you're burning out or because um, I, I think that there is balance to be found. I don't think it's easy to, to find it or to maintain <laughs> a balance just because like, you know, uh, guilt works in a very uh, sneaky way and um, not just guilt, but like other factors such as what's white supremacy. Um, <laughs> and so I think that like learning to know or, or recognizing and and asking for help from other folks is like um, I think a good way to exercise leadership. Mm. Um, as someone who doesn't <laughs> like leadership roles, I guess. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just I have this weird association with the word lead and leadership, and so I just like I think about like communal living and like um, like those kind of societies where like folks just work together rather than like um, someone sits atop and delegates while everyone else, I don't know, fights for crumbs. Mm. Yeah. Daniel? Um, I also resonate with, uh, uh, with both of your answers. Um, to add on, I think that like unrelenting advocacy and overall um, anticipated preparedness or like, or maybe prepared anticipation. Um, I, I wasn't sure which one to, to, to put, is crucial in being your own leader. Um, like you have to know like the ins and outs of like what you're ad advocating for. You have to have research and supporters to back you up. Be ready to share some action statements. Cause again, you know, like I'm all about action. And most importantly, know when to tap out. Mm. Um, I, I say like tapping out is like an important like type of like self-advocacy because you yes. cannot continue the work when you're like tired overworked or like for me when your voice is hearse be uh, hoarse because like i <laughs> hearse when your voice is literally dead inside the <laughs> in, literally inside the, the car that like brings you to your cemetery um but yeah tap out baby <laughs> <laughs> um we're now going to tap out of this conversation for today and we're going to go into our <laughs> recommendations. Yay! Um, I'll start. Um, number one, a feelings wheel. Um, this is something like, that my therapist a long time ago told me about. And I also brought it up to, or brought it into my English classes because my students were like, I feel some type of way. And I was like, well, what type of way? Um, Be specific. I like yeah. that. <laughs> me um one of the things that i've been working on is like naming specifically what i what i feel like instead of saying like oh, i just feel um tired and it's like that's not an emotion that's like a physical state mm -hmm. yes emotions tie back into physical states but like your emotions is not tired mm -hmm. um but it helps with like 
it helps me with uh, making clear communication about emotions, especially when I talk to like my partner or like my my friends, my coworkers, um, my the leaders in um, whatever <laughs> part I'm in. Um, but it also keeps me grounded because like at least that way I know exactly like what the nuances of like yes, there's happiness, but there's also some despair, but there's also some hope, but there's also like rather than just saying I don't feel good. Mm. Um, number two, um, and you guys are probably gonna make fun of me for this pistachio muffin. I love them. Um, so these have been my lifeblood for the past three days. I found them at Winco. It was limited time only. So good. Um, so I just bought them. Um, I had them for dessert, like at night. I have them for breakfast in the morning. Um, annoy people when you say pistachio because that's actually like the true Italian way to pronounce it. <laughs> um, uh, like bru- it's not bruschetta, it's bruschetta. And it's also Pinocchio, not Pinocchio. Do you Whoa. say it with your hands though? Uh, <laughs> I, with your hands. Yo. <laughs> I love um, those and, muffins yeah they're so good they're um good. and then lastly water because it's mm-hmm. hot that's it thank you uh yeah i got a sunburn from <laughs> doing shit in the uh garden but hey so it's guess, getting hot out here um guess who was hydrated or what was hydrated your plants my plants so my Rex are, you know, I forget the brand name, but those little instant noodle cups that are Bulalo flavored. Mm. Oh, I'll uh, put them once. They're good. I don't know if it's like, are they like Maggie or like Maybe? Nor. <laughs> I, I can't remember, but um, they're like really good lifesavers for like when you don't feel like cooking a meal. Mm-hmm. High in sodium, but you know, you just get the little ones. Mm-hmm, don't mm-hmm. Eat them, just eat one. Um, our friends Indigenous AF Inc. have an Instagram account now, so now we'll know about whatever shit they got going on. Um, they're like a cool art studio of like is on Maryland Parkway. It's like really close to my backyard. Mm. Um, and uh, capitalism time. Coca uh, <laughs> and Paxi have a collaboration, and I definitely used part of my stimmy to get their running shoes. Cause you know, I love like rainbow color shit cause I'm yeah. gay as fuck, but also they're like really comfortable. They're very light. Um, I try to cut uh, financial corners by buying shoes in the kids section cause I could fit yeah. in them, but there yeah. are, there's no arch support because mm. children don't need arch support. Mm-hmm. Maybe 39. <laughs> So um, I definitely bought a pair of the running shoes and some Hoka um, hiking boots. They're beautiful. And they're good for your feet. Man. Um, Okay, so I only have two recommendations because I want to make sure I spend a little bit more love and time on my second one. But first recommendation is my friend at DJ Mojito. That's D-J-M-O-E-E. J-I-T-O, favorite local DJ, music for every occasion. Um, do yourself a favor and follow them on social medias. And number two, I, I got this at Wasted Ink Scene Distro in um, Arizona, ordered it off their um, online shop, and it is called Millennial Dog Eater, and it's a zine full of poems. Um, you can find them on Instagram at Perennial Press. Um, so I'm going to recite one poem, and then we can close out here. Um, okay, so to preface this, I really liked this because, you know, at the time of my early days of feminism, I was all about the vagina monologues. And then, you know, that kind of fizzed, phased out, right? And so this was kind of a cool, like, 
thing um, to kind of supplement that little void in my life. So here we go. So this poem is called, oh, actually these were written by Marina Benzin. Please follow them. Um, all right, here we go. Auntie is marrying a white man. That's the title of this. <laughs> Auntie is marrying a white man, a white man named Tom or John or Joe. Oh, how my auntie's face is flushed with pride. How her smile has eaten up half her face until the cracks of her wrinkles play hopscotch across the table between aluminum trays of pancit and lechon. She tells my mom, Marsal, I've never felt more secure now that I married him. Him meaning privilege, him meaning money, him meaning American. Auntie is marrying a white man, a white man named Steve or Frank or Ben. Oh, how the white man politely smiles in his blue polo shirt and khaki pants. How his discomfort is oddly pronounced in an in his uncertain smile when he tries his hand at Tagalog. He says, you know, Filipinos are considered Pacific Islanders, not Orientals. Oriental meaning Asian, Orientals meaning exotic, Orientals meaning foreign. Auntie is marrying a white man, a white man named Mark or Jim or Yellow Fever. Oh, how Yellow Fever loves to keep you inebriated with your ill-suited ill fantasy. How subservient women, ma women match perfectly with your ironic Hawaiian shirt and Ford Explorer. Yellow Fever says, teach me how to say I love you in Tagalog. Teach me meaning give me, teach me meaning appropriate, teach me meaning gentrify. Auntie is marrying a white man. Dang. It's so Dang. good. Y'all, when the pandemic is over, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a theater production of people just reading these things. Yeah. I'm a big believer in you in perennial press. Um, in the middle of a seafood city. I know. <laughs> no, that's called performance art hey yo performance farts i mean yes. it though i'm gonna have my own version of this production i'm coming for you marina we're gonna make this happen oh i love it co-collaboration yo um so again thank you for this heavy um and insightful episode my co-host and friends um this is gene this is nicole and this is daniel and we are a podcast to magically disappoint your parents and leaders. <laughs> <laughs>